I don't remember my baptism. I, I know that it happened in October of 1972. It was a few weeks after I was born. Um, there are some pictures related to my baptism. You didn't take pictures during church then. And, you know, this is part of the change in culture and stuff. You know, now I, I see people that are like snapping pictures. Because, I mean, with a digital camera, it's so much easier than it was, you know, back in the early 70s. And uh, uh, it, it was, so I don't have anything right at the church, but uh, these, these are my godparents. I know them. Uh, they've talked to me about being baptized, and uh, they were pretty active in my life. Uh, I went to a Lutheran school, and one of the things that they required is that we uh, prove that we were baptized. And uh, when I was, I, Chris has all the pictures at our house. You know, I would not be able to find any of them. And uh, she actually even showed me a scan of my baptismal certificate. Uh, from Trinity Lutheran Church in Onekama, Michigan, um, you know, from way back when. And, and so I know I was baptized, but I, I don't remember the act. And I think that's okay. I, and I'd be willing to bet that most of you don't remember the day that you were baptized either. Some of you might, and that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Um, but I don't think most of us probably do. And that's okay, because baptism, baptism is really about what God does, and not about what we do. You know, we we kind of come passively as God does His work in us, work to to wash away our sins, work to to adopt us into His family. Here, here's some scripture passages that talk about baptism. In Titus chapter 3, it calls baptism a washing of, uh, of renewal and regeneration. Well, you don't renew and regenerate yourself. This, this has to be done from the outside. Somebody does that to you. God does that to you in the waters of baptism. In, in 1 Peter chapter 3, it says baptism saves you. This is one of those passages sometimes I get in trouble with when I'm talking with our, our brothers and sisters in Christ who don't believe that baptism you know, works. Peter says, baptism now saves you. God uses this to wash our sins away, to claim us, to, to give us forgiveness. Our, our second reading today from Romans chapter 6 talks about being with, buried with Christ through baptism so that we could be raised with Christ so that we might walk in newness of life. So it's not just a matter of, of, of you know, oh, I was dead in my trespasses and sins and now uh, my sins are forgiven. There's actually another step beyond that that says, oh, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. Now I am alive in Christ. My sins are forgiven and I've been given a new life. A life to live in Jesus. And in Matthew 28, Jesus himself says, you know, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, it's kind of cool. The, the command there is not baptize. The command is make disciples. A, a disciple is a student. It's a follower. You know, the, the, the idea uh, at the time when Jesus said this is that if you were somebody's student, 
You didn't just like read their books and kind of think about the things that they thought, but you actually followed them and you went with them and you lived with them and like them. And this is what Jesus is saying. You know, be my disciples, live with me, walk with me, be like me. And then how does that happen? It happens through baptism. And it also happens through the teaching of God's word in our lives. That baptism does this to us. It makes us disciples. That God uses this gift in this incredible way to make us his people. And so as you think about baptism, for many of us, that took place a long time ago. Uh, my kids are getting fond of telling me that those kinds of things happened a long time ago. And I tell them, just pray that they can live as long as I have and longer. So many of us, we were baptized when we were babies. And that was a long time ago. You know, longer for some than for others. But this is something, it's not like it just happened. This was done intentionally to bring us into God's family. And even for those of us who who were older when we were baptized, this really isn't about a choice that we make. it's, It's something that our Lord Jesus commands. We need to be baptized. Now, did I just say that you can't be saved without baptism? I did not say that. Did I say you need to be baptized? Yes, I did. Why? Because Jesus says be baptized. I I tend to find when Jesus says to do something that you should. You know, because he's commanding these things out of his love for us in order to bless us and to do good. And he says, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to follow me, be baptized. Learn. Study my word. You know, and, and you have these things that are going on. So, you know, he, he did not say, go and make disciples, and if they feel like it, you can baptize them and maybe teach them later. He said, no. Make disciples, baptizing, teaching. And this is part of his plan to deliver forgiveness, love, life, and salvation to us. To put these things into our lives. He puts his words and his promises in the water of baptism. And he delivers them there. So the the action in baptism, it really is not the pastor. It's not the parents. It's not even the baby who may be absolutely adorable, just like the kid in the picture there. The real action is unseen by our eyes, but it's understood by faith. As God pokes eternity into time, as God brings everything of his love and his forgiveness, and he puts it into this person's life when they're baptized, that that child or adult could be born of water in the spirit. It's a spiritual birth 
for, 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 for one who is conceived in, in trespasses and sins, as David confesses in, in Psalm 51, or one who is born dead in trespasses and sins, as it says in Ephesians chapter 2. For many of us, that moment when we were baptized is when our life in Christ began. When he brought his intervention to us in order to save us and to redeem us. Okay? So if your life began in Christ when you were baptized, what is that difference does that make now? I mean, we've already established that that was a long time ago. And it's kind of this, this singular event, right? You know, you get baptized and you don't get baptized again. Ephesians says there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. You know, we don't have to be rebaptized every time we sin or, uh, you know, even, you know, on a regular basis. So how is this helpful to us today? Well, as I said before, um, Titus 3 says that baptism is a washing of regeneration and renewal. This regeneration renewal, it's not a one-time event. Baptism happens once. Regeneration and renewal continue. It's not a, a, a one and done. You know, you're baptized. Oh, all of a sudden you're perfect. I I'm, you know, was baptized a long time ago, and I am far from perfect. And I got bad news for some of you, too. Jesus says that he is making all things new. And that's what he's doing in you in baptism. He's shaping you and transforming you into his own image. And I think this, this image above here might be helpful. We, when we baptize people, we, we baptize people in a font. And this flows from our, our, our history of being Northern Europeans. If you go back into you know, the 13, 14, 1500s, Baptizing babies at winter is a dangerous thing to do. In fact, in some places it would be impossible if you wanted to do this in a, a lake or in a river. In December, January, even November would be terrible because you're putting that fragile child into that cold water. And so, uh, you know, and this habit actually goes back all the way to the first century of creating a font and putting some water in there because the word baptize literally means to wash by immersing. But the, the force of the verb is really on the washing, not on the immersing. But there's also this rich tradition in the church of baptizing people in rivers. Baptizing them in what you might call living water because it's, it's moving and, and it's, it's flowing. And I think that provides us with some really beautiful symbolism for what God is doing in us in baptism. Now, did, did I just say that everything that happens in baptism is symbolic? No. I believe that God actually saves in baptism. That's what the scripture testifies to. That doesn't mean that there can't be symbolism to help us to understand what's going on there. So this picture here, um, when you baptize people in the baptismal font, it's convenient. It's easy. Um, it's valid. It counts. 
It's a real baptism. Um, but there, there is this strong tradition of baptizing in rivers. And this picture here um, was taken in New Bern, North Carolina in the early 1900s. And, and there's a baptism that, that's, that's happening here. And, and the person is being immersed in that flowing water. And I think that that image is helpful for us in a couple of ways. Because first of all, if that person is not brought back up from the water, what's going to happen to him or her? Thank you. They're going to drown. Yeah, this, this one's, that was an easy question. If you hold the, the person under too long, they don't come up, they don't come up. Okay? And, and that's a helpful image, actually. Because I think it's a picture that, that talks about what happens when we are baptized, that our old sinful nature is put down in that water, and you kind of hold them down. Because you want that sinful nature to drown and die. This harkens to that reading from Romans chapter 6. That we were buried with Christ in baptism. That there's something about us that dies in baptism. And it's a good thing that it dies. So that a new person can come to life. Now that being said... Throughout history, rivers have been life-giving places. Think back to your, you know, world civilization classes. How many civilizations start on the banks of rivers? Because there are places to irrigate. Because life can happen there. And and there can be agriculture and wildlife and transportation and commerce and and all of these blessings that come because of the flowing water that, that is there next to the people. And it is right to look at our baptism as a, a life giving event. In fact, Psalm 1 describes those who walk in faith as trees who are planted by streams of water. The Hebrew indicates that these trees have been transplanted, they, they have very intentionally been placed there so that they'll be watered, so that they will thrive so that they will bear fruit. And that is what God has done for you. He has planted you by the streams of the waters of baptism, where he feeds you with faith and life and this constant flow of of grace and forgiveness and love and mercy. And so, while I have to confess I don't remember my baptism, It's good for us to remember our baptism. To remember that we are baptized. Because it's there that God has connected us to himself where he washed us. He washed our sins away. He made us alive in a whole new way. A way where we can live with him and walk with him and experience his love. You are claimed by him. Remember how we baptize. We place the water and we say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God is literally placing his name on us. Why do you write your name on something? To claim it. To mark it as your own. And that's what God has done for you. And he does this because he cares for you.
And he wants those blessings to flow into your life. And he also does this so that you can bear fruit. That you can carry this gospel, this good news, this love and forgiveness out into the world with you. And share it. So that more people can experience this grace. So that others can experience this love. And have it in their lives too. That they may be washed just as you are. That they may experience the blessings of God in their lives. Even through you. Amen.